Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Friday, November 20th. So we spent a lot of time this week discussing what is at stake for the Titans this weekend as they head to Baltimore. We've spent a lot of time this week talking about their glaring weaknesses. We've talked about the history between this Titans team and Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. We've spent a lot of time this week pinpointing how, and more importantly, who will be responsible for a turnaround. So what do we think will actually happen on Sunday? There are some things that I think could actually provide some reasons for excitement and optimism for you Tennessee Titans fans out there. Number one, the Titans are pretty damn good at stopping the run, and Baltimore wants to run it. This was critical to the playoff win last year, and frankly, Jeffrey Simmons is even better right now than he was last year. Alongside Daquan Jones, this front, while incapable of pressuring the quarterback, is still pretty damn salty against the run. Outside of last weekend, the Titans have allowed just 91 yards rushing per game in their previous five games, and only Cincinnati in that span topped 95 yards. And this defense has been on a bizarre run of creating turnovers every other weekend. Three against Buffalo, none against Houston. Three against Pittsburgh, then none against Cincinnati. Two against the Bears, and none last week. If the pattern holds true, this defense could make a few big plays this weekend, especially considering number two on the list. The Ravens aren't playing particularly good football either, and they've turned the football over on offense six times in the last three games. In between losses to the Steelers and the Patriots, this offense mustered only 266 yards total and 17 points in the win over Indianapolis. Defensively, they gave up 173 yards rushing and 25 first downs last weekend to New England, and I'm pretty sure that Derrick Henry and Arthur Smith know it. Number three on the list. The Titans are backed into a corner here, and on the road against an arch rival in an empty building could actually be the exact recipe this team needs to find its footing. Mike Vrabel's teams have routinely answered the bell when faced with major adversity. I actually think this Titans team is going to play really well this weekend. Do the hard, disciplined work to stay at home against Lamar Jackson, stop the run, create a few turnovers, and lean on Henry in the running game. The formula isn't complicated, and it's one that has been successful against this Ravens team in the past. I mean, it almost sort of makes sense for the Titans to go to Baltimore and dominate the Ravens, right? I mean, let's be honest, there is no better way to set up the impending letdown coming in Indianapolis in two weekends than to dominate Baltimore this weekend. I am done with the Tennessee Volunteers in 2020. And I don't mean this in the traditional sense of, man, this team sucks and I don't really want to watch this crap anymore. I mean, yes, that's sort of true and they do suck and they are tough to watch. But I am convinced now more than ever that 2020 simply isn't a smart year to evaluate head coaches. Both Gus Malzahn and Jeremy Pruitt were not really on the hot seat at the end of last season. Hell, Malzahn beat Nick Saban the last time he played him and Jeremy Pruitt had an eight-game winning streak just a couple of months ago. So I'm not really sure why we would use 2020 to evaluate either one of these two guys. I know this isn't going to be popular amongst Tennessee fans who have been wandering through the college football desert the last 15 years, but this one isn't anyone's fault. Obviously, Tennessee didn't get closer to winning the East this year, but did anyone really think that was going to happen in 2020 if it was a normal season? No, I'm watching Tennessee-Auburn this weekend to see which players compete and to see some of the younger talent develop, and if the Vols give Auburn a game, which I think they actually could, then super. But I don't think fans should take 2020 all that seriously. We got to watch our favorite football teams play games. This is where we're at in 2020. It's all house money if you happen to win. I know there's going to be a champion in the SEC this year, and there's going to be a national championship playoff. But I don't think it's fair to evaluate Jeremy Pruitt or Gus Malzahn or anybody else in college football based on what you see exclusively in 2020. 
So my advice to Tennessee fans this weekend as they head down to the Plains to play Auburn is enjoy getting to watch your team play, even if they suck, because this isn't normal. This whole year hasn't been normal. Nothing about practice or summer camp or the season or the schedule or the rosters has been normal. I don't think it's fair to lay all of the failures of this particular team at the feet of those young players and that coaching staff. Next year, we can talk about pressure and we can talk about demands for excellence and competing for championships and player development and hiring the right coaches and all that good stuff. But for now, I would say have a couple of cocktails and enjoy getting to watch Tennessee Volunteers football on a field somewhere in the world taking place because there was a really good chance that it wasn't supposed to happen this year. And as we've seen, next week's game may not happen at all. We have no idea. So from now on, be thankful that we get to watch football. Well, we've got some interesting news to track as it pertains to the Nashville SC Inter-Miami playoff match tonight at Nissan Stadium. According to multiple reports, Miami has at least five players and between one to three starters who have tested positive for COVID and did not travel with the team. What does this mean? Well, it means that if the game happens... Miami will be shorthanded regardless of who those five players are and how many of them would start. And while catching COVID is never good news and you're concerned about the health and safety of the other players, it does likely increase the chances of a Nashville SC victory potentially, even if marginally, should again the game take place. If the breakout gets worse and MLS officials decide that it's irresponsible to play the game and Miami cannot field a full roster, then they would have to forfeit the match. It would be bittersweet to advance in the playoffs based on a forfeit driven by a viral pandemic that no one can really control. You don't want to win your first playoff match like this. But, cynically, it absolutely puts you one game closer to the MLS Cup without having to use up any energy and a short turnaround to a potential Tuesday second-round matchup. So this is obviously something that we will be tracking in real time all day on Friday. Keep an eye on those lineup cards when they are released about an hour before the match tonight, which again is set to kick off at 8 p.m. Central Time on ESPN2. Let's bring in Tim Sullivan of ClubCountryUSA.com to take a look at how this Nashville SC squad is built for the playoff format that of course includes penalty kicks and get his final prediction on what we will see tonight at Nissan Stadium. Again, of course, assuming that the match takes place. Yeah, when you aren't a team that is under any circumstances going to score four goals, you hope that holding the other team to zero goals is going to be enough for you to win on the other end too. And we've seen in the the USL playoffs the past couple of years that if Nashville can't get that goal scoring going, they're going to have an issue in terms of winning against a team that has a similar level of talent, a similar level of production over the course of the year. Uh, We haven't seen this team convert a penalty kick in its MLS history. It's the only one in MLS history to not convert a penalty kick yet. They missed the only attempt earlier this year. So we really don't know how good they're going to be in that sort of format. You would have to expect, given that situation, that that Smith would really prefer to kind of open up the offense a little bit. And he's done that a little bit later in the year as well. It hasn't been quite as defense first as we saw early in the season. So um, you have to expect, especially a team like Miami that does have some faults at the back of, of their line, to say the least. That's something that you could probably see a few more numbers pushed forward. And, and maybe if you see Miami get a goal, uh, you'll see Nashville go for three instead of trying to just get the one to, to even it back up. All right. Tonight is the match. It's Friday. Give us your prediction on how it plays out and who moves on to the, I guess, first round, second round, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, it's unclear whether the, whether the play-in round is supposed to be called the first round, but um, I think Nashville has shown over the course of the year that they are the superior team to Miami. 
the issue is Miami has shown that they spent on superior talent. If that talent all comes together and plays uh, as a team, as well as, as Nashville has done, I think Miami probably has an edge. However, we're 23 games into Miami's history and they have not done so yet. I don't think you can magically flip a switch and say, because it's the postseason that's going to happen. So I think some mistakes in trying to create for Miami will give Nashville the opportunity to counter on the other end. And I think you're likely to see something like a two zero Nashville win. Um, I think you're, you could potentially see John Ducati's the designated player striker who has yet to make a start. I think he's ready to bag a goal. I think he's potentially ready to start a game with a, a, an extra week to kind of get that fitness up to the full level. And I'm always a big fan of the, the USL guys. I think Daniel Rios probably ends up scoring one for Nashville as well. Thanks to Tim Sullivan from clubcountryusa.com for giving us all kinds of insight all week long as we get ready for the first ever playoff match in Nashville SC history, should that happen. Again, track the rosters, track the lineups, track what's going on, and let's hope that there is a playoff match on Friday night at Nissan Stadium. Thank you guys all for listening. Of course, please rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Follow us on Twitter at 440 Sports, on Facebook at 440 Sports as well, on Instagram at 440 Media. Please tell all of your friends, share the program. Have a great weekend, of course. Enjoy our first ever soccer playoff match. Best of luck to Nashville SC. Enjoy the Titans game. Enjoy some college football as well. My name is Braden Gall. Follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. Thank you all for listening again. This has been the 440 for Friday, November 20th. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler. Music